Hi, I'm Chris McBrien, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome. And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 16, One Hit Wonders. Pop goes your world. I'm Chris McBride, along with Yancey, as always. Yancey, before we get started this week, what's been going on in pop culture in your world in the last week? Uh, well, Jimmy Eat's world, uh, or Jimmy Eat World, rather, came out with a new album, and I've been slowly dissecting that. That's one of my favorite bands from, like, the last 10, 15 years, and it was kind of exciting because I honestly thought that they were done writing music, so I've been listening to a lot of that. Uh, there's another UK band uh, called Two Door Cinema Club. They're, like, a pop rock band, but, like, they're more like indie rock they came out too with a new album and lastly run the jewels i don't know if you've heard of them but it's killer mike and uh uh it's it's a hip-hop duo with killer mike and uh, lp and it's just like this crazy duo of hip-hop it's they, they've had two mixtapes that have come out recently they make both of them free completely free to download and stuff like that and they're operating under the premise that like we want to give our music out for free because you know how competitive it is you know just to get your name out there and we're hoping that people will buy our merchandise and they'll buy our vinyls and then they'll they'll come out and see us live and stuff but uh, they just dropped a, it's called Talk To Me, it's their single, and I'm hoping literally any day that this album is going to drop as a free download, and I'm literally, every I, I have it saved on my phone, like I keep checking the, the website like multiple times a day, I'm so freaking excited, Chris, seriously, I have no idea. Nice, oh, nice, so yeah. for, uh, for me, um, so I decided, it's, we're getting close to Halloween, so I was like, okay, what are we going to do for Halloween costumes, so my son is seven, okay, he's, now keep this in mind, he's born in 2009, right, so I said to him, I said, I said, what do you want to be for Halloween this year, you know what he said, Indiana Jones. Because I, ah. I, I make him watch Raiders of the Lost Ark all the time, right? We watch all my the old movies. <laughs> I just, you know, fill him with all this stuff. So he wanted to be indie. So I did him up as indie. I'll have to send you a picture of it. We went out tonight. It was really great. I should, like, I was thinking maybe I could go as, like, Satipo. Or maybe if I could, like, if I went as Tote, that'd be really cool. I could put the, the burn thing on my hand and everything would be really good. I saw on Facebook recently a buddy of mine. He posted a picture, uh, him and his wife dressed up as Rhoda Morgenstern and Joe Girard. You're not going to have any clue what that is, but it's uh, the uh, best costume no. I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. It's really 70s, but definitely really good. Um, so anyway, those the music bands that you mentioned uh, that you were all excited about this week, hopefully they're not going to turn into one-hit wonders, which is what we're going to talk about this week. Yancey, one-hit wonders. Are you ready to get into it? Yes, I'm more than ready. I'm, oh, I'm very excited about this This topic. should be fun. Here we go. And everyone knows how much I love Fonzie. I don't know if you've seen any of the Sharknado movies. Shatner and Takei are going to be there. I cannot believe that this is actually possible. The Star Wars prequels were awful. Like, young Doctors in Love. Young Doctors in Love. Bad CGI kind of starts and ends with George Lucas. Some of the worst CGI I have ever seen in my entire life. He ruined the whole original trilogy by superimposing Hayden Christensen over Sebastian Shaw at the end of Jedi. Okay, so one thing I want to mention, I, I have mentioned before, like some people think, some of my picks, you know, when we do our, our top fives, you know, here on the show, some people think that I always go with the obvious choices. And, you know, as I always, my argument is there's there's a reason for that, right? Like when I mentioned the best uh, movie opening scenes of all time, there was Star Wars, you know, some people felt I went with the obvious choice. That's because, you know, that that, that is the best opening scene of all time. And that's the way it is, right. right? So this week, though, I tell you what, I think I'm going to surprise a few people. Like, at least I, I hope I do anyway. Um, this week, we're going to be listing our top five one-hit wonders. And I think I want to stress, it's not about the best or the most popular one-hit wonders, but instead, it's about our favorites, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. some of mine 
I bet some people may have never even heard of them before in their life. We're going to see. But anyway, here we go. Yancey, you want to start with your number five one-hit wonder, and we'll go from there. Yeah, number five. Uh, you remember a couple of shows ago we were talking about cult cult films and stuff like that, yeah. and we were talking oh, yeah. about how Napoleon Dynamite, I yes. love it because it's very ambiguous. We don't know basically like when it's centered. Uh, number five, it, for me, it's a song called I Believe in a Thing Called Love by the Darkness. Uh, they're like a hard rock glam metal and if you first hear the song you're you're gonna think it's kind of like from the 80s maybe like late 80s early 90s like a glam like hair band heavy you know, heavy like, rock i know the song yeah, yeah real heavy yep. you know tons of guitar riffs and stuff like that really outlandish vocals and stuff but the song was released in 2003 and it's just it's such a weird song the music video is fantastic it's like super like spacey like they're on like a spaceship and it's like really futuristic and stuff um i'm not gonna sing it because it would literally like rip a vocal cord <laughs> but what's really weird <laughs> Where is it? The uh, it was on the album Permission to Land, right? Which actually went quadruple platinum in the, in the UK. But literally immediately after they released the album, the band broke up and they went and did their own projects, whatever, and you know never to be heard or seen from again. So obviously it's one hit wonder. But if you guys get a second, go on YouTube, look at the music video, watch it. The song is incredibly intoxicating. It didn't really chart very high in the US, but it was like a huge, huge single in the UK. So that's my number five. Oh yeah, I remember that song. That was a good. One. Okay, for me, number five. Back in 1992, oh boy, I'm digging for this one. Um, there was a Canadian hip hop group that came along and oh, they and, and they really they released a single <laughs> but but it won the much music video award for best rap video and, and as i mentioned on previous shows much music is the canadian version of mtv but anyway uh th- so this hip-hop group was made up of three people there was jordy ferguson who was also known as dj signal there was greg campbell and he was known as dj pin or pin the chameleon and M- <laughs> yeah pin the chameleon and mc bones uh, who most of the world knows better as Tom Green. You know, you're the guy that was married to Drew Barrymore and hosted the Tom Green show on Daddy, Canadian would you television. like some sausage? Yes, that Tom Green? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, he was on MTV, right? So he actually got his start in the entertainment business as a skinny rapper in the group Organized Rhyme. And they put out a single in 1992 called Check the OR. And not only like did it win the Much Music Video Award for Best Rap Video, like I mentioned, uh, it was also nominated for a Juno Award the following year. So that's the Canadian version of the Emmys, FYI. Um, so <laughs> anyone that knows me personally, they, knows, they, 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 they will verify with you. I love this song. And although it was like a quote-unquote hit in Canada back in the day, I wouldn't be surprised if not one of our American listeners has ever even heard of it. Um, so there, there were definitely a one-hit wonder for sure. And an interesting one, I would say, at that, because, um, you know, it, I think mostly if you were, you know, to make a list of the most likely people to have ever been in a rap group, Tom Green might just be dead last, you know. But I tell you, if you, if you, if you search <laughs> Check the OR on YouTube, you are going to see a very, very young Tom Green rapping and I love the song. So that's my number five. On to your four. All right. I've got it pulled up on YouTube right now. As soon as the show's over, I'm going to watch it. Watch it. it. It's dynamite. Okay. So my number four is uh, I'm going to read off a couple of the lyrics. And I can see if you can guess it real quick. Okay. All right. Destination unknown as we pull in for some gas. A freshly pasted poster reveals a smile from the pack. Elephants and acrobats. Lions, lions next monkey. Pele speaks righteous. Sister Cena says funky. What is the song? I don't know. The name of this song is How Bizarre by OMC. Oh, sure yes. Heard it, yes. I, it, the How, Elephants yeah. and Acrobats that threw me out. Yes, I remember yes. them. Yeah, yeah. It was like okay, in uh, so 97, right? 95. 95. December 15th, okay. 1995. I was seven years old, and I had just turned seven. And this song is still hot fire. I love the trumpet on it. It's like a really weird, I don't know. It doesn't really hold up, but 
uh, like I said, was released in 1995. It was a CD single. It never made it to a full album. They never recorded a full album at all. So this is like the epitome of a one-hit wonder. Um, they re- they recorded under Huh Records, H-U-H exclamation point records. Um, they're kind of categorized in Wikipedia as like pop rock or rap rock, but I don't think either of those determinations make any sense at all. Um, it's just like a really weird... Like, if you watch the music video, it's just, like, the, the group of them. I think there's three or four of them. They're just, like, riding in, like, an old, you know, a 69 Chevelle. And it, it's, you know, they get pulled over by the police and stuff like that. But it's, like, this, like, weird, bizarre world. Like, things keep happening. Like, cops pull them over just to say that they have a nice car and then lets them go and stuff. It's it's a really weird song. It made it to number one in six different countries. I don't think it charted in the United States. But it was a, you know, it was the song of the summer for like a month i guess you could say back when i was like seven years old so uh it still like holds a special place in my heart every once in a while you know like the 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 mix stations like your local mix radio station that will play like top 40 or like all the hits or you know i don't know if you have like bob fm but that's what we have down here you might occasionally hear this song on that but other than that like you're you're not going to hear this song ever again so how bizarre by omc oh, is my yes. i i definitely remember that it, it did chart here in canada it was really pretty popular at the time i did want to mention an honorable mention and they're a canadian group and i don't know if you ever heard of them before but they're called len and they did a song called steal, steal my, my sunshine. sunshine and they were definitely a one-hit yes. wonder as a canadian not just as an international band uh they were one hit but i that was around the same time it came out maybe i think i think uh steal my sunshine might have came out in 99 but uh it was a bit later but yeah it was almost right made my list chris yeah, almost made my list. it was a good song man it sure is catchy okay my number four okay i know that you've never heard of a Yancey. But Gen Xers out there are hopefully, you know, more than likely to remember an actor by the name of David Naughton. Now, he was a guy, he was in the original Dr. Pepper, Be a Pepper TV ads back in the 70s. And he was on a TV show called My Sister Sam with Pam Dauber from Work Committee. Um, but his most famous role was probably in An American Werewolf in London. And just to be clear, I'm talking about the 1981 John Landis movie. Not that 1997 American Werewolf in Paris crap. I know who sings it. Yeah. I know who sings this song. Uh, but anyway, David Naughton, uh, although he was an actor, uh, but you may not know that he also released a disco single back in 1978, and it was called Making It. And there's a <laughs> there's a video on YouTube of him singing it. Oh, my God. So it's just him on stage with a microphone doing these horrible dance steps and he's spinning around and oh my god it's astonishing what's his name say his name again david naughton n-a-u-g-h-t-o-n and it's called making it cue that one up for when you're done watching check the or you gotta watch making it i'm telling (laughs) talk about cheesy and dated and super 70s this song is it gen xers will probably remember this song best from the movie meatballs when Tripper, Bill Murray, when he goes to the dance with Roxanne, he starts doing all these crazy dance movies, he licks her hand. That song is the one, is the song that's playing, The Making It by David Naughton. I make no apologies about it. I love campy pop culture, love it. And it doesn't get much better than this, Making It by David Naughton from 1978. Chris, I, I like music a lot. We talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I was really excited to do this because I feel like I'm pretty good at this. Like you were mentioning like Werewolf in London, you know, like I know that's Warren Zavon and like I, I really try to like be up to, to date with like the one hit wonders. I have never heard that before in my entire life. Not even like an inkling of anything you just talked about. Well, you got to look it up and you got to see, like I say, I think Gen Xers will know, especially ones that love meatballs. I love that movie. I've seen it, you know, tons and tons of times. And they'll, and as soon as any Gen Xers out there, they're going to be like, oh yeah, I know that song you're talking about when they're dancing and Trippers at the dance. And like I say, it's David Naughton, one hit wonder, David Naughton. The actor did a song. 
and he was also would you say a Dr Pepper commercial? Uh, he, yeah, he was he was originally <laughs> cast. His first role as an actor was in the Dr Pepper commercial, the Be a Pepper TV ads. Really, really popular guy at the time. Um, but like I say, he he released a single back in like 70, 77 or seventy eight or seventy nine, whatever it was. And uh, oh man, I tell you, and you like I say, just cue it up, watch it on uh, on YouTube, and then just text me and say you're crazy, Chris. So, anyway, I know you're number three. <laughs> All right. So my number three, obviously you're a Canadian, uh, and I take it that you've been to at least one hockey game before in your entire life, right? I sure have, yeah. Yeah, okay. So down here, I live in Fort Myers. We have an ECHL team, and uh, I think they're an affiliate of like Yep, the Everblades. Everblades. Fort Myers, Everblades. Yep, I'm familiar with them. And, uh, you know, I've gone to a bunch of games, you know, over my life and stuff like that. I've never been to any other stadium or anything like that, but this may just be our particular stadium, but I'm going to assume that this is like a hockey thing. Um, I've never been to a hockey game and not heard Kerncraft 400 by Zombie Nation. Are you are you familiar with what song I'm talking about? I am, I am familiar with it. I'm, okay. I, don't, I don't think it gets played too much up here in Canada, but uh, I'm familiar with it. I mean, I've been to like I've gone to the University of Florida, and I, you know, we I would be in the the basketball stadium there, and they would be playing it. I would go to the you know ECHL games, and they're playing it. I would go to like you know a soccer game, an indoor soccer game, and they're playing this song. It is like the go to like stadium get them like get the people excited. Like if hey, we scored a goal on a power play, it's time to play Kerncraft 400 by Zombie Nation. So uh, <laughs> again, I can't really sing it. It's kind of like techno-ish you know zombie nation whatever you guys have heard this song i I promise you've heard this um it's a by a german electronic artist named zombie nation obviously they were in germany they were actually a pretty big group over there but they never charted any other singles over here in the united states just that one if you guys get a chance go to youtube and watch a music video uh the guy the actual dj himself is kind of dressed up in like this like crazy like you know shiny blue you know blazer and he has like these two women you know scantily clad and like all black bras and panties and they're dancing around him and he's he's like a a like a TV spokesperson, he's selling a product, and the product is the Kerncraft 400, which is basically like a souped-up, like industrial-strength microwave. It is the weirdest premise for a music video I have ever seen. But like, it's just—I mean, the song is so cheesy and it's so overplayed. Like, like every sporting event I've ever been to, but it's just so iconic to me. Like every time I hear, it, I just think of like hockey. You know, like yes, <laughs> this is hockey. Um, I don't think, like I said, the band, the group himself, he never did anything else, but uh, it's just it's just a perfect song for me. So that's my number three, Kerncraft 400. Oh, nice. Okay, my number three. I have mentioned my love for this one on the podcast before. I'm going to do it again. So back in 1986, Dutch rap duo MC Micer G and DJ Swen released their one and unfortunately only single. Uh, it's been referred to as the worst music video of all time. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I give you holiday rap. I tell you, remember when I mentioned that one before? We're going to yes. ring, ring a dong for a holy day. Put your arms in the air. Let me hear you say. I can understand things most rappers say because rapping is my thing and I do it every day. It is the greatest. For some reason, though, we've never heard from MC Micer G and DJ Swen ever again after holiday rap. Shocking, really, you know, or not. Um, so you got to figure, they did a rap song based on Madonna's holiday. Neither of them can sing. Neither of them can rap. And neither of them can certainly dance. They look like two guys that wouldn't even listen to music, for crying out loud. It's probably about just about the campiest mess ever made in the history of pop- popular culture. So needless to say, I absolutely love it. And although they did both fell off the face of the earth... The Dutch rap duo of MC Micer G and DJ Swen will live on forever in infamy. Yancey, that's my number three. Chris, we've done, what, 16 shows? Something like that. This is our 16th or 17th something, and 
there DJ Swan is getting way too much play. Like, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, my number two is a is a popular one. I we used to play this song in marching band in high school all the time. Uh, it's Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. Uh, oh, yes. Obviously, Tub Thumping. Uh, was released in 1997. I say obviously, but it's not that obvious. But it was released in 1997. It was their most successful single. They are still a band, and they still tour and you know create really? and produce more music and stuff. Wow. Um, interesting enough, it's actually a political song. And what I I heard this on a podcast, like I think it's like a Gimlet Media podcast. I can't even remember. But uh, within the last year, I heard about this where they were actually like a real like genuine punk band for like years and years. And they were trying to basically like break into a new audience because they were very like hyper political with all the stuff that was going on in Europe. And uh, a tub thumper actually is it's, it's a term you'd use for somebody, you know, most often a politician who looks to jump on the bandwagon with some sort of populist idea. So like that whole song is literally about like, you know, these people who latch on to like, you know, they don't really care about issues and stuff, but they're just these politicians going along with whatever is popular. So it's like one of those weirdly like it just seems like a dumb song about drinking, but it's actually a lot more in depth than that, which is kind of weird. And if you look at like their whole catalog of music, it is completely out of line with everything else that they release, like everything else. Um, interestingly enough, though, it did top the charts and went number one in Australia, the United States, Canada, Ireland, Italy and New Zealand. And uh, the album itself actually placed on the uh, Billboard Hot 200 or the Top 200. So, I mean, it had a nice little stay there. Everybody's heard it before. Everybody knows kind of some of the words, and then they'll, they'll mumble the other half, whatever. But just a really iconic song, and uh, it, I, I just can't help but, like, tap my feet to it. So, number two, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. Okay, my number two. Before Prince, before Apollonia, before Sheena E., even before Morris Day and the Time, the music scene in Minneapolis gave the world lip sync and let me tell you if there was one song that ushered out the 70s and in the process ushered in the 1980s it was none other, none other than lip sync's funky town it came out in 1980 it was sort of right on the cusp of the two <laughs> decades obviously and almost 40 years later the song is still catchy as hell you gotta admit i mean if this song doesn't make you feel the energy and the groove if it doesn't get you going I don't know what the hell will. I remember back in the in the '90s, actually, my 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 hometown was was going through uh, the process of of amalgamation. Okay, so they were amalgamating with another town nearby, and mm-hmm. the the town council appealed to the general public to come up with names for the newly uh, amalgamated municipality and something, you know, that would unite the town, something that would reflect what we represented as a community. And so, people in the town submitted their suggestions. Yancy, any guess uh, what my suggestion was for the new municipality? Funky town. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't even go for it. Those damn politicians, I tell you. But that's my number two one hit wonder, Funky Town by Lip Sync. Okay, Funky Town is a fantastic song. And obviously, I wasn't alive whenever it was released, but I have one very vivid memory of Funky Town. Um, Malcolm in the Middle used to be and still is one of my all time favorite shows. I love Malcolm in the Middle. I think it's super underrated. Like, everybody likes to, like, kind of like dump on Frankie Munez because he's kind of like a dork. But that show was very, very clever, really funny writing, really good acting. Of course, Brian Cranston went on to do uh, Breaking Bad, and he's like one of the, the best actors of, you know, making movies right now. But there's one episode where he teaches Malcolm to rollerblade because he's very, very good at it. And he basically does like an entire like dance routine to Funky Town on rollerblades. And it's like the most like, I mean, there's pelvic thrust. There's, it's just, it's so over the top. But that, as soon as you said Funky Town, that's immediately what I thought. Oh yeah, that was good. Okay, yeah, uh, uh, so on to your number one, what have you got for us? Um, I hope my mom isn't listening to this one. Uh, but my number one is the thong song by Cisco. Oh yes, oh, nice. <laughs> oh yes, that was like uh, around 99 too, wasn't it? 
Uh, yep. It was uh, recorded in 1999 yeah. and released. It was set free into the world in February of 2000. Uh, my wife and I, we went out to uh, to like an early dinner earlier today. I was texting you and we were talking about songs. I always like to like run stuff by her and like see what she thinks because she has like a really interesting perspective on stuff. And, you know, oftentimes she'll throw out stuff that I didn't even think about. But we were talking about the thong song and there's actually all kinds of like really deep kind of like musical themes that go on inside this song where like the the musical structure like it's not very you know like chorus bridge like you know it's it's very like discombobulated um it it basically uses like samples from like beethoven and uh you know just all kinds of like a wide array of music basically but uh it was on the album unleash the dragon cisco's debut album weirdly enough it was nominated for four grammy awards which it did not win any but uh the album itself peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100, or uh, the the single itself. I don't know if you've seen the music video. Have you seen it by chance, Chris? Oh yeah, of course, I remember that. Okay, all right. So the video is released in 2000. It's set in downtown Miami on you know by the Strip, and uh, Cisco goes to the beach from his you know nearby hometown to participate in a spring break party where there's a a large swath of scantily clad young women. They're all wearing like bikinis and thongs and stuff, except for like the one main female in the music video who's wearing like a g-string basically there's also scenes where uh cisco and you know all these different dancers are they're driving around like a bentley you know through like the florida keys and stuff like that and like what's so weird too is like you see like cameos from like red man and method man uh like ja rule and ll cool j is in it for like no reason whatsoever and like at one point like he literally does like almost like matrix like crouching tiger hidden dragon like running through like the air like I don't know how to explain it. The music video is so, so weird. And of course he has like the dyed platinum blonde hair and stuff. It's just, it's just so weird. I mean, I'll, I'll leave it with this. Just it's, 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 it's intoxicating. It's a really good dance song. Obviously it came out when I was a kid and like, I remember, uh, like thongs were like the devil whenever I was a kid in my house. And, uh, I can't remember which sister, but one of my sisters had bought a pack of them at like the mall or something. And my mom found out about it and she cut them all up. <laughs> so like, that's where it gets to like the whole, you know, I don't want my mom to know that like, I love this song, but, uh, I'll leave you with the last line. My, my favorite line, uh, she liked to dance on the hip hop spots. She cruised to the groove, like connect the dots. She's not just urban. She liked the pop cause she's living La Vida Loca. <laughs> Oh, it's man. so bad, Chris. It's so bad, but it's just like I almost did Freak Nasty's "To Dip" because I love that song too. Um, I love those like throwback, like late '90s, early 2000s dance songs where it's literally just all about dancing. You know what I mean? Like you could be like the the whitest square dude ever that hates to dance, but like it makes you want to dance. That's why this song's number one for me. Yeah, a lot of Venga Boy stuff was around that time too. Same sort yes. of thing. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So obviously my picks so far have been pretty obscure, you know. But I got to tell you what, for my number one, I got to go with the textbook response. Sorry, it's just too big to ignore. When I think of one hit wonders, I think the conversation starts and ends with Dexy's Midnight Runners and their definitive one hit wonder of all time. Come on, Eileen. It's got a fiddle intro. It's got interesting lyrics. It's got that counter melody bridge going on. I um, Now, lead singer Kevin Rowland, he co-wrote the song. Uh, he said that it's about his girlfriend from when he was a teenager. Um, and he had this, like, strict Catholic upbringing. And, and he said that, you know, sex was uh, a taboo subject growing up. So he wrote this song about his first time, uh, mm-hmm. especially in regard to growing up in such a conservative time. I think when you hear this song, when I hear this song anyway, it instantly will take you back to the 1980s. Like I'm, I've said before, Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds is in my opinion, the definitive song of the 1980s. But Come On Eileen for me is right up there with it. Well, Yancey, 
we made it through our favorite top five uh, one-hit wonders of all time. Are you ready for me to start throwing some trivia at you? Let's do this. I promise you I will not cheat. I'm pulling all of this from my brain. All right, here we go. Let's have some fun with Yancey. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'm going to go easy on this week. I, I think I'm going to go easy on you. Well, we'll find out. Okay. The first rap song to enter the U.S. Top 40 didn't happen in the 90s. It didn't even happen in the 1980s. You have to go all the way back to the fall of 1979. And although the radio edit was 4 minutes and 55 seconds, the 12-inch single was a full 15 minutes long. Well, 14 minutes, 27 seconds, to be exact. Mm -hmm. And although this song had huge success, and it's often seen as a watershed moment in rap, uh, entering the mainstream, that's for sure, um, the band that released the song, they were never able to repeat their original success. Yancey, can you name the song that started it all for the rap genre? Um, I can't remember the song, but is it Sugar Hill Gang? It is, and it's Rapper's Delight. Oh, rappers! Like, yes, yeah, I by didn't the know Sugar that Hill Gang. So I'll, I'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. All right. So this song by the Vapors, their only hit single, was released in 1980. Although the band denies it, rumors exist that the title of the song is a euphemism for masturbation. Oh my! Can you name the song? It's <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> yes, it's a uh, turning Japanese. Right? Very good. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, okay. Wow, I forgot about that uh-huh. one. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. So sharing the same name as a Van Halen song from 1984, this song was released by a child rap duo in 1992. The duo never again found musical success, making them a one-hit wonder, and on their way. Are finding themselves onto the, our podcast here. Um, another thing they never found either was pants that ever fit them. Uh, can you name this one hit wonder from 1992? You said it was a Van Halen song? Uh, it's, it shares the same name as a Van Halen song. So it's it's Jump by Criss Cross, right? Yes, Daddy Mac will make you. Criss Cross will make you. Very, very good. Congratulations. Okay, this song was originally really, you're doing very well tonight, by the way. Very, very proud. I'm telling you, this is my jam, man. This Seriously, is, since man, you said we wanted to do this, I was like, let's do it. Oh, this man, is music, it. I tell you, you're getting them all. Okay, so this song was originally re- released in Germany, Yancy. Uh, when it came to America, English year- lyrics were recorded, and the color red was added into the title, replacing the word air from the German title. Also in the title was the number worn. You mentioned hockey earlier. I'm going to give you a hint. There was a number in the title that was worn by hockey superstar Wayne Gretzky during his professional career. Can you name this uh, one-hit wonder by Nina? Oh, 99 Red Balloons. Yes. Yeah, so good. you said Nina. Ah, like I know. I gave it to you there. Okay, here's another gimme, okay? This one's right up your alley. This song by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock peaked at number three on the Billboard charts in 1988. Rob Bass? Yes, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Mm. This song in 1988 was their only hit single of all time. Uh, I feel like I should know this, but I, I don't know, Chris. It takes two to make a thing go right. Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> <laughs> you know the song I'm talking about, don't you? You okay? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I did. I, I almost I almost, uh, almost threw my back out on that one, but yeah, I did it. It takes two, obviously, is the song. So, oh, wow. uh, you know, so once again, you know, you bring, you bring the music and I just, uh, I bring the, the singing, which is, I got to stop doing because it just didn't work it out. So anyway, that's it. It's time for us to wrap things up. Yancey, make sure if anybody wants to reach out to Yancey, they can reach him on Twitter at Yancey Eaton. You can find me on Twitter at C McBrien. Just remember McBrien is I-E-N or shoot us an email at 
Chris or Yancey at popgoesyourworld.com. You can always visit popgoesyourworld.com and all of our contact information is up there on the website. Until next time, thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thank you for listening to the Pop Goes Your World podcast. Continue the conversation on Twitter at C. McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. Music.